Danny. Dustin. We are on the podcast. We're here. It's the deconstruction zone. It is. I thought you were going to take the vest off. You decided not to. Put it back on. Because you were feeling insecure. Feeling Let, insecure. Let's 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 peel these layers. Let's peel back, let's peel back not, these layers. We have a different topic to talk about. I know. Today. We'll get there. We'll get there. But you were feeling like you've been a little bit stagnant because of your knee. I hate that we're doing this right now. But yes, yeah. I'm getting a spare tire because I'm not moving around and at so, all. So your, your ego said you have to wear the thing. Yeah. And I'm going to blow up your ego right now. <laughs> All right. This Listen. Is, if you're not watching the YouTube, this you're is not intimate. The content. Yeah. And guess what? You don't need it. You're a good looking guy, man. You're funny. You're, you're handsome. You're mm. married to a great lady. She's great. You got some kids in there somewhere. <laughs> they're all right. Three of them. That's, they're fine. All right. I guess. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> That's just very well. Um, but yeah, people like you, man. That's okay. My wife's ears must have been burning. She texts me. She said, is Dustin talking smack about me? No, she said, did Dustin show his belly? I can't wait to see that episode. <laughs> this episode, she does love when you're on the podcast, by the way. She thinks you're one of her, uh, I mean, I say one of her, there's only three of us, but she does love when you contribute to the podcast. Well, I am, I think you, you know, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the truth about your wife is you have said so many kind things that she thinks and has said about me she's never said one of them so i don't know if you're just like to you what's that called lighting you up or what's that called gassing you up the kids say yeah not gaslighting you very different you're gassing me up but yeah and so every time i see her i'm just like here comes my biggest fan i'm laid on thick and then she's just like why is this guy talking to me no that's not true (laughs) Uh, annie right into the pot she's great um all right dustin you You've got the topic. For, I mean, we were talking, we were texting yeah. today about kind of what we're going to talk about. Emily, uh, middle school season, so she's got her stuff going around, she's and so busy. we're and I'm prepping for knee surgery here in a little bit. So we're trying to get a little bit ahead on episodes, right? So you brought the B squad, brought That's the A me. team, B team, your Mister T, and what what's your topic for us today? Because I thought it was a really well, good one. Yeah. So it, it, a lot of times we'll just text each other and say like, "What have you been thinking about?" Or yeah. like this, and so I've been thinking about spiritual burnout. Or like faith burnout, religion burnout. Like, what does that look like? What is it? Um, and the reason, like, well, here, let, let me just start. Let me just kind of start from the beginning of what I've been thinking about. What I've noticed. So I have kids. They're in sports. They're in theater. They're doing stuff. You know, just like you. And when we're out and about, we'll see other parents. We'll, we'll and we'll see these parents a lot. Sometimes three times a week. You know, yeah. because they're in the same sport or whatever. Uh, and I, something I've started to notice over time is that. When I get together with these parents, immediately they go negative. So okay. they 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 begin complaining about something at work. There'll be some sort of comment. So this is a, here's a great example. The other day I was at a game and I was Leah wasn't there, my wife wasn't there, and I was there by myself. And so I'm sitting, and there's th- my wife's a teacher, three other teachers, mm-hmm. and they're complaining about something. Immediately they get together and they start complaining, and I'm like. Oh, it's interesting. And and I'm not throwing shade or anything because I complain as much as the next guy. But I was starting to think about it. And I was like, why do they do that? Why do I, well, I've really started to notice that people are starting to complain like a lot. Like there's a, there's a, there's a very few people that are like the brightness of your day, right? Like this is a bright, shiny yeah, person. Nothing negative to say about anything. Yeah. They're just like it. in a good mood and they, they brighten up your day and make you feel good. Most people, you know, the kind of common denominator is you're frustrated with something or mad about yeah. something. And so- what I the conclusion that I've come to right 
right or wrong, is that we crave intimacy with each other. And being intimate with another person means that you have to like let the layers down, let the wall down for yeah. for them to see in, right? And the quickest, easiest way it seems like to do that is through complaining yeah. or it's through like a common uh, frustration or a common Yeah, annoyance. it's like a shared experience, right? Like yeah, you're unif- you're- but, it's all, but it's negative and, and, and they can immediately jump in and now, oh, we're on the same team. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I can't stand it when, oh, me neither. And blah, blah, blah. And now yeah. we're going back and forth. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I was thinking about that first and that led me to thinking about the 25 years of full-time church work I've done. Uh-huh. And I started to think about all the times I complained about, yeah, you know, the worship person or the boss or whatever, you know, and I would get home from work and it would just be, finally I can unload. It's almost like at work, probably anywhere you have to put up a facade that you're super psyched that Jenny from accounting came in and told you that some reports do or whatever. Right. right? right. And you're like, okay, I'll get it to you, Jenny. All right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, but really you get home and you're like, honey, I, Jenny, I want to stick a fork in her eye, you know, or whatever. Oh. Um, and then I start. So for me, spiritual burnout, it, it came from a place of work. It came from a place of like knowing how the sausage is made yeah. and, and being a part of planting churches and, you, you know, youth ministry for all those years. And there, there were times when I was thinking back on it, like I had no burnout. Like I was like, I was loving it. I was like, I was like revved up spiritually revved up with my faith. Uh, I couldn't get enough Jesus. Uh, you were in the stream. You were just riding the wave. It was a flow, right? Yeah. yeah. Of like, and, and honestly, like those times were times when I was helping other people mm. like grow. Yeah. Uh, I was growing too, just because I was nearby that all that growth, but it was really fun and really interesting. And I have a whole system that I built around internships and it was awesome, you know, and I did it at three different churches. So I know it wasn't just like the, the spot. Thing, yeah. yeah. But then there's all these other stuff. Like, so I journal, we've talked about that before. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm really trying to like, be like a scientist and dissect like in these journals, I'm trying to like dissect, like, this is what I did. This is what happened. This is what I did or how I reacted. And then why did I do that? Like, I'm trying to understand myself better in all areas, positive, negative, whatever. And so this is one of those things like thinking about like, okay, when I was, when I was a youth pastor, full-time guy, and I was walking alongside young people and I was watching them get excited about their faith. And then I was watching them start to read their Bible and ask questions it fueled me and it got me excited, even more excited about my faith too. And like going to their soccer games and basketball games and swim meets and like just being there for them as like a big brother. Uh, Cause I didn't have a dad. So like uh-huh. kind of trying to fill that role a little bit for them, just showing them that I love them. I'm just showing up. We'd make signs and, you know, I'd get a bunch of other kids to come. And, and that was, that was incredible. Uh, and I didn't have any burnout. And then, you know, later when I started trying to work with big people church and, yeah. you know, all the, there's all this bureaucracy and red tape and stuff. Uh, and then you're really seeing how the sausages made the performance that is the meeting and the sure. rock show on Sunday at some churches, not at all church. But I just goes like, this is not, this can't be what Jesus died on a cross for. This can't yeah. be. 
like why we do this thing. It just doesn't compute. Mm. Oh, we've got carpet. You know, we've got this really great carpet mm. and the sound system. That's dope. You know? Yeah. And they, the, Oh, look at the projectors, you know, cool. It's all cool. But it's like this can't, like he didn't like get like pinned to a tree. Right. So that I, we could be like, yeah. So we have a, you know, and I don't care about if we have a fog machine, fog machines are cool, but like you and me, like, it seems like, there is a very big push in modern evangelical Christianity to put on a dope ass performance. And that is always going to leave you, leave you wanting. Yeah. Yeah. I, so there's a lot in there of what you just said. Um, in a lot of different, it's 25 years of frustration, man. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of different directions. And so I want to get to the show side because I think that contributes to the burnout conversation. For sure. But one we thing we call it the spanking machine. Have you ever yeah, called it just keeps turning around? Yeah, but you, have you ever called church the spanking machine? Uh, no, because the hamster I'm, wheel, but yeah, because as soon as you get done with Sunday and you hit that last note, yeah, God bless you guys. See you next week. It starts, you're preparing, you. it's, yeah, it's so I want to get to that conversation in a second. But one of the things that struck my mind was the, the conversation of the parents, the teachers like complaining. Mm-hmm. And you compare that to when you were a youth pastor and like holding up the sign mm-hmm. with uh, the sports games, cheering yeah, your both, students both on. soccer games. Actually, yeah. yeah. And what was interesting to me is like one of those contributed to a different kind of burnout, but mm-hmm. burnout, like teacher burnout, frustration, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other like creative excitement and just at the like taking faith a little bit out of it, but just in terms of like who we are. Uh, Sadie, who's the worship pastor at the Wells, preaching the weekend we're recording this, not when it'll come out, but she's preaching about uh, the final week of our sermon series, Scare Thy Neighbor, where we're talking about how not to be scary Christians. And one of the things that she's referencing in the sermon is this illustration from the movie Monsters, Inc. Mm. And in that movie, if you haven't seen it, like they realize essentially, it's a much longer story, but realize that like screams or what they've always used to power things of so fear. Right. And, but it's unsustainable. It's not quite as powerful. And they're like in this power shortage and they're trying to get more screams because they're just running in the shortage. But they realize laughter, like far more sustainable and way more powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's like one laugh is a million screams. Right. And what I was thinking when you were saying that, like, see, that's how dumb I am. I've seen that movie 10 times. Did not put those two together. <laughs> well, that that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't think you're dumb, but I think that's an interesting comparison to like life. Cause in one of those, like it's joy and laughter and it's teammates and excitement. And, and we're in this together. Yeah. And it's like, there's a reason that was such a beneficial and life giving time. And on the other side, it's like these screams or the fear or like the negativity, we think it's fueling us. Right. Like I remember when I was a basketball coach, one of my mottos was they're not mottos, but I was like, if I can just get the team to not like me, but they'll like each other more. Right. That's not really that sustainable. Right. You like, become the enemy. Yeah. But that's yeah. short term. Right. That right. doesn't like actually meet your love of the game any better. Doesn't make their team any more. Yeah, your fundamentals don't get tightened yeah. up because you hate the coach. And I think when we think about burnout or when I think about burnout spiritually, whether you're in the church, seeing how the sausage is made or you're a congregant, like, I think what is fueling us, like the fear of the screams or the negativity or the like joy in the community and the wonderful things God is doing, like whatever is at the, the forefront, I think is going to then be our power source. And mm-hmm. then that's what's either going to leave us tired at the end or more energized. Mm-hmm. And like last night, I just had a meeting with our board or our elders and I left it like I left this person's house. It was me and two of them meeting, kind of preparing for our next meeting. I left at 11 o'clock at night after 
a long day, a nine to five day of working that had then a six to eight o'clock class I taught after. What do you that. do? What do you do for work? I'm a pastor. <laughs> so you mean nine to five watching Netflix? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, and then I went to this person's house and did me. So I was like from like nine in the morning to eleven o'clock doing stuff. Yeah, and I was more energized than I've ever been because it was like excitement and joy and you should energy. try sex <laughs> i've done it a few times well i mean that'll get you energy you said more than you've ever been so <laughs> in ministry oh oh, in ministry. oh okay so, so I, you're doing some stuff wrong <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me today um sorry but i think that's right you're, you're getting all holy you know? i'm get, i'm not trying to get holy i think that i think that what is powering us like joy or like negativity mm. will directly correlate right i agree so that's to the spiritual burnout conversation but you talked about which i think is a completely different conversation but one i want to get into of church yeah in the show because like i think you spoke about it in the spanking machine wow. and and it connects to your burnout but maybe talk more about I, I want you to guide where we go in that because i see like we were talking about this at the later earlier today well before recording but like how the well is in a place where like adding more services and mm -hmm. we're seeing growth Growing. and God is doing really cool things. Right. But we also don't want to be like a corporation in a show that's um, like, I don't know a better way to say this, like in one word. So like, I don't want it to feel like it's like the performance and the performers and the observers and like the concert goers, right? right? Which is kind of what I hear you saying. Like, yeah. we want to be growing together not us growing and like the seats in the auditorium are growing for more observers, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just have some, and I, I hope it's wholly discontent. I don't mm -hmm. know if it is, but I have some angst around the way that America does church. Yeah. And I'm, and I've been to church, church service services or meetings all over the world. And so, uh, and that's a humble brag, I guess, but I'm a filmmaker and, you know. Yeah, you you've know. also started churches, you've worked in churches and you've attended churches in different yeah. parts of the country. And so when we look at church, you know, I want to go back to Acts 29. I want to go, I want to think about not the organization run by, or the previous you year mean run X2. by. Acts 29 is the organization. But yeah, but they called it Acts 29 after Acts 29, didn't they? Or is there no Acts 29? I think Acts, I might be wrong. I think Acts 29 is the I think there's 28 chapters in Acts and they're like, we're the continuation. Is that not oh, right? I hope not, man. Cause that's adding to the scriptures, which is I could be so wrong. I don't know, but either way. Okay. So who cares? It's in the I'm book looking it up right now. Is there an Acts 29? Here we go. Drum roll. I don't oh. currently see an Acts 29. So it's probably Acts 2. Anyway, in the book of Acts, yeah. we see, we, we see how the church kind of forms, right? The book of Acts is in the Bible. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast and what we talk about, um, 28 chapters in Acts, baby. Okay. So that is gross that they called it Acts 29. Yeah. You don't like, you like it less now. I, well, I never liked it. The, yeah, I said less. No. The organization. Yes. Cause that's uh, what's his name? Mark. Mark Driscoll. We talk Mark about him Mark. way too much in this podcast. We just need to start an anti Mark con Markless. I actually kind of want to get Mark on the podcast. Markless I know he would like not want to. He would never do But it. I think this is a completely different comment. I think. He's a skilled communicator. Yeah, agreed. I think he is really passionate about what he's passionate. I think he's wrong on a lot of things. Yeah. But I would love to have, a, like, I don't know that he would ever, but I would love to have a real conversation with him and just be like, let's 
strip away the like macho bravado. Yeah, he won't. That's and who just he like is. talk about like I want to have a real conversation yeah. with you as a human, yeah. not as like because he has immediately gone from figurehead to new figurehead. Right. I, I think you could do that at dinner. I don't think if you're reco- if there's a recording oh, I'm device, sure. it's going to yeah. happen. Well, I don't think I could get either of those audiences with him. But I would, as an eight on the Enneagram, I would love to have a conversation with them and just be like, because I bet I could learn things from him as a human, mm-hmm. even though I disagree with him on a myriad of different things. Sure. I mean, everybody, right? I mean, right. everyone has. When I say some, a lot of things, a lot. Of some light inside yeah. of them, you know, yeah. that they could share. But so Acts 28, 9. <laughs> Acts 28, 9. Um Anyway, so here's my philosophy on on church. I I have a struggle with church, the way that we do it. My question is, and I don't have the answer, is the church, okay, so we have the capital C church. Capital C church refers to if in Christianity is like all of the church, the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Methodists, everybody. It's the church, right? Um, And then we have our lowercase c church, which is your local church body. Yeah. Okay. The Bible says that we are all, we all have integral parts in the body. Yeah. Not everyone can be a thumb. Not everyone can be an eye. We have to have all of us do, use our talents and skill sets to make up the whole body. Right. It's metaphor makes sense. Do you understand it? Yeah. I've always thought of myself as a pinky toe. Uh, agreed. I'm nose hairs. Yeah. Okay. I got to keep out the Whatever. gunk, you know? Um, so there's this body, and, and so that's, that's the lowercase c. Uh, my question is, is the meeting that we go to on Sunday morning, or if you're Jewish on Saturday, but they're not part of the C, big C church because they're Jewish, they're a different thing. I love them, but yeah, it's not, a different not part of the same team. Uh, is the is, Are we supposed to be iron sharpening iron? Is this supposed to be a place where you go and you are you are trained? You know, it's like you're going to school and you're going to learn what there is to learn. You're going to get deep, deep theological uh, morsels. You're going to chew on those all week. You're going to come back on Wednesday, do your, you know, maybe your men's group and you're going to talk about it. Uh, or is it a place for evangelism? And evangelism is a fancy Christian word that just means like Outreach. spreading the, the, the message. You know, it'd be like the newspaper, uh, you know, the newspaper shows up at your door every day. It's giving you the message of the day. We all evangelize something, right? Like like people talk about their favorite, whatever you like evangelist for your favorite. Yeah. Right. Right. So evangelism, uh, you know, I believe that that if we really want to see growth in the Christian faith, if we want people and I don't want to see growth in the Christian faith just to say we have more numbers. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it doesn't even, you know, just to say, oh, more people go to my church than your church. Who yeah. cares? What I want to see is people have radical transformations of their heart where they were selfish and rude and mean and angry and an alcoholic and a pervert and all these other things. And then they're not that anymore because they turn their life over to Jesus. That's yeah. what I'd like to see because that's what happened to me. I'm not special. It just happened to me, right? Yeah. Like I didn't know Jesus and I was all of those things. I was a dirt bag and I was all these things. And then I met Jesus and I was still all those things, but I was like, had this relationship with Jesus yeah. and slowly, and I'm still working on it all these years later, becoming less of a dirt bag, right? Because I, because I love Jesus, not because I want to obey rules. Yeah. Okay. That's why I want people to be evangelized. And I don't think that's happening in the church on Sunday morning. I think, and if you look at Acts 2, 
or whenever your Bible says it, <laughs> whatever chapter it is, uh, you see that that doesn't happen in their synagogue, mm-hmm. right? Because you weren't even allowed to go to their synagogue if you were a Gentile. And if you were a woman, you had to stay on the outside barriers, yeah. the outside corridor. So if that's true, and then like where where was evangelism happening? And when 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 Christ came and began to preach a new gospel and a new message uh, that it happened in the marketplace. Yeah. So that's my question. So you're the really long way to ask that yeah. question. So I'm going to, I'm going to summarize a little bit. So you're, cause I know you and I've talked about this off camera many times. We disagree on the function of the church. I don't know that I disagree. I don't know that I understand that. I, I don't know that yeah. if I'm right. Yeah. So, but you, like if I was going to condemn, like for you, you would say church is mm-hmm. the business meeting, right? So it's the gathering of devoted Christians yeah. to come together. It's kind of like a class to learn more, to mm-hmm. then go to the market. We'll look at any other religion, how every other religion yeah. does it, except for Christianity. Yeah. we're And for a lot of churches like the well, like our space would be like, we want everyone, the mm-hmm. person that knows nothing right, to come in. And so. And why would they? Why would they? Yeah. yeah. So, Have well, you been to a mosque? I have not. Have you been to a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue? Yeah. yeah. During during a service, like you took, mm, you wore the yarmulke. Mm, uh, I don't think so. See, and it, why would you? You're yeah. not Jewish. But if I wanted to be Jewish, I might. Uh, I don't even know if that's how it works. I don't either. You know, I, I know they have classes and stuff, but yeah. have you been but to a Mormon temple? if you wanted temple? to be Mormon, or if you wanted to be a Jewish person, or you wanted to be Islamic, uh-huh. you would consider, like, and maybe this is a Christian lens, but you would probably consider first the meeting as your entry point. I don't think I would. You wouldn't? No, I think I would have to find their holy person, their sure, mom that happens a lot, or whoever, and say, hey, I just have qu-. – because generally – because really, it's not going to happen that way anyways. I'm not going to just be sitting in my house one day and go, I want to be Muslim. Yeah. So I'm going to go find the, yeah. whatever. What's going to happen is I'm going to be friends with a guy at work named Muhammad. And that guy is going to impress me by showing up on time. And being loving and being cool as heck, you know? And I'm going to be like, man, this guy's way cooler than most Christians I know or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Whatever he's doing seems to be working. Right. He seems like he's in a rad mood all the time or whatever. Even when he's not in a rad mood, he still goes out of his way to be care- be kind or whatever, right? And then I go, I want some of that. Or I'm angry all the time and that dude is angry all the time, whoever that is. And then I go, I want to be part of that dude's militia. Yeah. But that's how it works. It doesn't work. No one just, you don't just go to church. I think more people do than you think. Christian churches. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. But why? Why do they just roll in? And I don't think, and I I highly doubt that they just roll in uh, for the most part. Like, I think they moved to a new area. They, they already have some exposure with Christianity and church. Well, a lot of it's like what you just said, though. So it's like, I mean, and I'll use the well as the example I know. Like, People come to the well through personal invitation through the marketplace, 100%. right? And so that I get. There are people that are that saw the X, Y, or Z person doing right. their thing in at the water cooler. They're living, they're on time, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. They saw someone walking around town in a shirt that had a pride logo and they said, "I'm interested in a church that is about that kind of life." Right. Uh, so a lot of it can be through that kind of way. Even though, and that's all little sin. That's all a little bit of deadly sins. semantics, I would say. <laughs> The core of your question is what is the function? Like, is it yeah. to deepen Absolutely. the knowledge or is it to be encouraging to the outsider? 
Yes. Kind of. That's a really dumbed down version of what you're saying. But I think. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. Um, I'm done. And I think for me, like I, I think it's a little bit of both and mm-hmm. it's a little bit of both. And so one of the things like at the well, I try to do and I don't think we have it all right. So this isn't me saying like do what we're doing because we're the only ones that are doing it right. But for us, like I would want to create a place that is challenging to the person that is trying to deepen their faith. This is on Sunday in the morning, mm-hmm. but also doesn't assume everyone knows the story. So if you did come in, you stumbled in, you yeah, came no, in drunk. I just you, don't know how you do it. Yeah, I don't be, know how you can, you can't be all things to all people. I think it's hard, but also it's like, so we try to create this co- compelling space for all people on Sunday morning. But I also think like we try to create mechanisms for our mature believers to deepen their faith mm-hmm. and for our brand new people to explore their faith that are not Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where most of the work has to happen is like outside of Sunday, how are you creating those? Because Sunday will never be, I don't personally think can be the primary discipler for people. Like whether you preach for 20 minutes like I do, or you're an hour, like some of my friends doesn't really matter the time you are not going to fully form someone in 30 to 50 minutes. Agreed. One day a week. So there has to be other mechanisms. And well, so then, you're not going to fully form anybody. Neither yeah. am I and neither is anybody right. else. And so then that begs the question, again, like what is the function? And for us, it's creating a place of encouragement that can equally encourage people that are deeply devoted followers or brand new around the teachings and the ethos of Jesus. Yeah, dig it. Why Sunday morning? It doesn't have to be Sunday morning. That's no, what but it do. is. Yeah. Why? That's a, I mean, that's a why no. you record in your basement question. No, right? it's like, not. Well, yeah. And I can tell you why we record in my basement because we don't have anywhere else to record. Well, it's because that's where we meet. Yeah, but there's got to be reasons. But and it's I not an either. It's not both or it's not either or, right? Because you meet on Sundays doesn't also not mean that you shouldn't and can't do the other things. No, I'm not saying week. that. I'm just asking. We make these decisions that seem very arbitrary to me because, and I, look, I did it for 25 years. So it's not like I'm, I'm not throwing shade at you. I'm just saying like, why? Like if you've seen uh, Goodwill hunting and he asks her out for coffee or she asks him out for coffee and he goes, well, yeah, we could, or we could just get some caramels. Cause it's just, it's arbitrary, right? Like that's what he's saying. It's like, why are we, why are we meeting on Sunday morning? Well, we, I think we meet on Sunday morning because historically that's where the Amer- that's when the American Christian Church met. And right. why did we do that? Because there's no baseball games for the kids, and you know they don't schedule those things on Sunday morning. I, but I think that understanding those things is important because I don't like getting up on Sunday morning. Yeah, and a lot of people. It's not fun. Um, and and so like what we're trying, what like I guess what I'm trying to think through is. You know, we've got these, we've got this building. Okay. And we say this building is the Christian church and there's, you could throw a rock and hit many of those and they all kind of believe different things probably in some way, but like, what are we doing with this building? And are we seeing fruit? And then how are we measuring that fruit? Like one of the ways that the well's measuring fruit, because we talked about it earlier is, and that's just another like way to say like grow, like, like uh-huh. success. What are our benchmarks? Well, one of the benchmarks is more people are showing up, yeah. right? So we're saying, okay, more people are coming to the well and we're going to say automatically, that's a good thing. Well, why is that a good thing? Well, it's a good thing because we uh, we are seeing that people care about the message that we're putting out there of love and acceptance and they're resonating with it. And so they're coming to our meeting. And then at this meeting, 
we're doing these things that 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 we've done in the Christian church in America forever. We sing three songs. We then do, you know, it's like this formula. My argument is simply that that is dated. It's old. We don't have to do it that way anymore. Um, But I don't have the answer of how we're supposed to do it. But like, I even, I saw a photo, like you posted a photo and this is one of the things that I always think about. And I'm not saying, look, I don't, look, keep, I think Jesus works and the Holy Spirit works in people's lives at church, every church. I don't care. Like if you're, what's the guy's name? Chiclet Teeth, um, Joel Olstein. You know, if you're that guy, like I don't believe a dang thing that comes out of that guy's mouth. I think he's a used car salesman, but I think people get saved there because that's how powerful Jesus is. Like God sure. does what God does. Um, but I would say that like I saw a photo of y- your church empty like you had posted something yeah. and it's just, what is it? It looks like a classroom. It's rows of chairs. Right. Everyone's facing one way there. They're, it's, it's not a conversation. It's these people are singing. They're leading us in singing, but you know, we're listening to them sing. Do you have a, do you have a good robust group that sings? Yep. A lot of churches don't like a lot of yeah. churches. It's just the, especially the men will just stand there and yeah, just have, watch and yeah. Good. That's good. Because I think worship is really important. I think yeah. actually singing or uh, using, you know, your physical body to dig dig ditches for Jesus, like any kind of worship, cleaning, setting up chairs. Um, I think it's really important. It's giving of your energy, you know. Um, but that is interesting, right? Like we've chosen this. Like Muslims, uh, they'll 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 take their shoes off. They'll they'll kneel on the ground. Uh, they'll stay on the ground during the service. Yeah. But it's still. You know, you're looking up at the so there's there's just like I just have a lot of questions about it. Yeah, it's well, something not... that's interesting to think about that in terms of like the why we always do it. Mm-hmm. This like popped in my mind was you ever watch Master Chef? No. Um, so a guy he's like really famous on TikTok now, Nick something. Do you Kroll? Um, Nick something. Nick Kroll's great. Never on Master Chef. Okay. But so he made it to the finale of season like 19 or 20 or something like that. But um, or however many they, I don't know how many there, but. He uh, was just hyper creative mm-hmm. and ended up like not make like they're like, it's just too outside the box. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we stay in the box is because outside the box is jarring for people. Right. Like mm-hmm. I think we it's the reason that you don't do a restaurant any different than it. a school doesn't look hyper different. A restaurant doesn't look hyper, like there has to be familiarity, I think. Right. And so part of it is like, how do you take what is familiar mm-hmm. and knowable? and comfortable like not that it's right or wrong or whatever yeah but it has to take some of that so like one of the things we do in service is like we i ask a question every sunday and i make people turn their chairs and they sit and they talk to each other and they introduce themselves to the people around them and people generally hate it and they wouldn't do that like they'd come to a church they saw a picture of empty rows if they saw the seats turned in little mini circles and knew right. that we were in it, they probably wouldn't come to that. Yeah. Now, what do people always say the most valuable thing about worship at the well is, is the conversation time. Even people that hate it. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't come if that's what they knew was going to happen, but they would come. You mean first timers? First timers. Yeah. Or like regular church, like not new to church people. Right. Like regular churchers wouldn't come because it's outside the box. It's yeah. too whatever, right? True. For them. And I think that's like the struggle that we have to have with the morning meeting is how are you using the tools and the comfortability of what we have, but pushing people to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. So if singing is important and physicality is important, how are you creating that in service? If relational 
time is important. How are you creating time for that? Like for me, one of the values is I don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So I want us to curate this response together. And so how do I create space for it? Not just to be the Ted talk, but all of us together, because I've heard people months late. No one can quote a sermon I've given, but people will tell me what they have heard months back Mm -hmm. in a group conversation. Yeah. What does that tell us? Right. But see, you are doing something different. You're doing something different, but within the, within the space that people are used to. And, and I'm just saying, I don't have all the answers either. Yeah. I don't know if it's right. or I mean, obviously we've been doing it for a long time and for a long time it was working like attendance at churches and stuff was going up yeah. and to the right. Now it's definitely not. But I would also, I want you to finish what you're saying, but I would say like, even you said like growing is a metric of, and up and to the right is going right. That just means more people are coming. Like right. it doesn't mean anything's right. And one of the things that I would right. say was like, we're growing and new people finding us. What we want to make sure we're growing is people that are, devoted disciples of Jesus. Yeah. Right? That's the and, ultimate. Right. And like, I would say we're growing with new people yeah. like on it. Like that's an obvious metric. I never want that to be the only metric. Like I want us to like, how are we actually having people? It's a relic. Like yeah. those lives are transformed by Jesus, yeah. not just coming to the meeting. Yeah. No, it's a, re- how many people show up at your church is irrelevant outside of the, the reality that if they're not in the room, yeah, they're, you know, they might be engaged in, in, yeah. G- in Jesus talk somewhere else. Right. So I get that. I Which mean, is a little bit, I think of what you're like, if the thing that we're looking like, so if the Sunday meeting is the only thing we care about, that's the most like, but why do we care about that? Right. And if the numbers yes. are like, what, what are the things behind the numbers or the metric or the sausage being made? And it's how it's really where matter. we put all the effort. It's yeah. where we put, you know, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I just, but yeah. if you look at it from a very honest black and white standpoint, it's where we put money, we buy these buildings that we don't use predominantly the rest of the week. I mean, yeah. they're, so they're, that's very expensive. We have overhead there. Um, and then we also have, you know, worship practices and, you know, lots of like I learned early on that I should be working uh, on my sermon one hour a minute. So for every minute of my sermon, I worked on it for an hour Well, I was preaching 25 to 40 minutes. So that's my whole week. Yeah. So I learned incorrectly, I think, really early on yeah, I don't that, use that I was going to that I was going to. And I did. I mean, I worked yeah. I would work 25, 30 hours on a, on a sermon. Well, once I got. Once I sort of went, wait a minute, like I could say the most eloquent words yeah. and unless Jesus is in it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I could tell the funniest stories and unless Jesus is in it, it doesn't matter. And so I uh, started to take that time and now I went, then I started going to every soccer game, every football match, every, I started to go to be in the schools all the time because I was in, in youth ministry and I saw way more fruit from that than right. I did from just right. being a great funny preacher, you know, because yeah. I wasn't a great funny preacher and I wasn't that funny. So no matter what I was doing, I was okay. But I mean, yeah. no matter what I was doing, it wasn't like this is all oh, these kids are now that you know that their life yeah. has been forever changed. So it's fine. Do we? Was this our initial topic was burnout, right? Yeah. So I'm getting energized. Well, I'm making topic, well, I'm making the connection back because I would say in that question about all of it, it's like, I think asking why are we doing the things we're doing? Mm. Cause like to work 30 hours on a, like one hour per minute, right. Is what you said. Yeah. Like that I think will burn you out, mm-hmm. but it's like, why are we doing the things we're doing and are the things filling our cup? I bet you were gassed up and energized by hanging out with students. Not only did you see more fruit, but it's like relational stuff. Right. And I think sometimes we confuse the means with the ends or the sexiest thing or like, what we think has the most impact or the most fun for us with what is actually the most in fact impactful mm. for others 
but also for our spirits. And I think that goes to like the capital C church, the lower C church with like the well, but also us as like the people running around the church. Mm -hmm. And then those outside, like, I think we confuse what's most important with what's the coolest or the biggest or what other people, like what we've always done. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we have to wrestle with that. Like, and it's one thing that I want the well to try to do. Right. Cause it's like, we can't be crazy outside the box cause we'll be jarring to people. But then we always can't like, I never want us to be, I look at churches that I know are like 20 years old and like they were really innovative mm-hmm. and now they're not because yeah. they're doing like they got. And I want us to like always be reinventing who we are for the sake of being engaging and not just doing it because it's what we've always done. Yeah. Because yeah, churches I, and individuals, it takes about two years to say this is what we've always done. Mm-hmm. Just one or one. One time we've done it. And now it's like, well, this is what we did last year. Right. This is what we did last week. This is right. what we did la- yesterday. Yeah. And the, the, the question why is so important. And I think it should be asked anytime anybody has a new idea, why am I doing this? Uh, especially in the church, you know, like let's start this ministry. Well, why, you know, you know, starting a ministry in a church versus like partnering with somebody that's already feeding the hungry or whatever it is, you know, that might be a better move. So why is important? Um, and then also I think one thing churches rarely do and should definitely be doing is when a ministry does end or a class or, uh, whatever, there's a reevaluation period. I think you should look back at the, the Christmas service or whatever it was and go, okay, what what happened there? What was good? What was bad? Because I can tell you this unequivocally, I have participated in hundreds of like classes, like different like uh-huh. men's groups or whatever, right? And the ones that the ones that make, the ones that succeed are the ones that don't have zero members at the end. If it's an eight week thing, if week seven and eight, if there's zero people, that was a failure, right? Yeah. And you almost always see some sort of attrition, yeah. attrition, except for, and this is, I mean, we could argue about it, but like classes that have real depth, real, like real, like depth in Christian teaching, they don't, they don't sour. They stay, they might lose a few people, but what I've noticed over the years is that that is uh, a class that even if there's homework, even if there's like stuff you got to read back that, that, because people are being filled and people are meeting the meeting Jesus like yeah. every day. And so then, and so then the next time they offer that class, it's full right away. It's interesting. And it's people talk an, about it. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting concept because and I'll juxtapose that with a lot of American churches who put on a good show on Sunday morning and have 1.4, you know, uh, attendance. Like people will attend 1.4 times a month. If yeah. it was so dope, you'd be there every yeah. time. The or if it was open. that impactful or meaningful or formative, right? Well, like, that's what I mean. I mean, because yeah. it is that dope. Yeah. Right. Like this, the lights and the. Yeah. It, it looks rad, but I, yeah. I saw this last week. Yeah. I saw this two weeks ago. Yeah. I saw this three weeks well, ago. Well, the thing is, yeah, it's like, it's, I would say there's a difference between excellent and formative. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think churches strive for excellence. Mm-hmm. They don't strive for formation. And like, you can look at a lot of really cool, hip churches and they will have in their values excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they often, and maybe they have it in there, but like, I think they strive for excellence, but they don't strive for deeply forming people. And, and I understand the, 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 the reason behind that. The lip service paid is, uh, well, look, he died on a cross for us. We, we got to give him everything we got. Like we have yeah. to be excellent. We have to bring our A game. 
And I get that. I actually think it's more manipulative than that. I think that it's like saying, just so you know, you probably can't serve on the worship band. Oh, <laughs> or you yeah. Can't preach. I think it's much more of like a, it's a, I just probably, it's trying to weed out people from asking you to do things. Yeah. That's how I perceive it. I, but I'm I a little agree. more cynical. No, I agree. I think yeah. that's, there's that too. Um, and then, then, you know, you it's one of the reasons like I value excellence, but it's one of the reasons I haven't put it anywhere on our website or branding mm-hmm. because I, I would read it that way and I would never want people. And I also think like relationship trumps excellence every time. Yeah. So, but a lot of people that run organizations may not. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think we've done what we've came here to do. Argued. Um, we argued a little bit. I don't know that we argued, but I was right. You were right. I was wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> We recorded an episode. It didn't make it on. So I'm going to give the same recommendation there that I gave on that one mm. just because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the hip hop acoustic covers playlist on Spotify is my recommendation station this week. Yeah. It's great. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Ooh. Hit hard. I loved it. People should listen to it. Find it on Spotify. Well, Ooh. you can also find it in the links if you're watching this on YouTube. And now that I said that, he has to put it in there. I know. I have to go to back. Work. I have to go watch the videos <laughs> to see what the links are because we don't. These we they don't always come out, but so that's mine. What's yours? Uh, so I'm gonna do the same one I did too. Yeah. The firm. I'm I'm listening to the firm, which is a uh, John Grisham book. Yeah, uh, old one. But my understanding is is that old uh, Johnny G is getting ready to put out some more lawyer books. He's yeah. writing, and so I wanted to go back and visit the Pelican Brief and some others to the <sighs> firm. That's a good one. Yeah, I forget. So, that, I didn't know that was him. That's a great one. Yeah, Pelican yeah. Brief is also him. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, he wrote a lot. He was prolific. Well, I'll tell you, he was one of the writers that like made me like like reading again. Like, yeah, yeah. So the Pelican Brief. Um, well, this is fun. Yeah. Um, I like arguing with you. I like arguing with you. You're my, you're my man. You're my boy, Boo. Well, boo. as we argue, don't ever forget to embrace the journey. Is this when we kiss? This is when we kiss. <laughs>